Welcome, Foot Clan. It is week 13, DFS for the rest of us. It is the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. As a reminder, before we even get rolling, well, first of all, make sure you're following us at Chris Meany for Chris, at Joe Holka for Joe, at Alan Kidd for myself. And make sure you're also part of the DFS Pass over on the Footballers website, which you can put in the code podcast and get 10% off to get all the articles, all the goodness, everything we're talking about, and more, because my article's in there, Chris is in there, and other people's are in there to get you so much advice. And we love seeing, I have to say, guys, I love seeing the tweets where people are like, thank you, I won money. I mean, part of me is like, oh, send me 10% of the rake there, but at the same time, I love, I legitimately do love seeing people win money over the weekends. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Well, I want people to win. And this is the time of the year, unfortunately, for some people, their season-long leagues are, are basically over. If they don't win, you're out. So hopefully we pull in some more people and we're able to call some plays and win some people some money. Yeah, I always feel good about the weeks where people actually uh, give us some nice feedback. It, it's those weeks where the, the mentions just blow up in the, in the other direction that uh, I guess are a little bit more frustrating. But it's been a lot more good than bad, uh, at least recently, for sure. I would even say it's like the mention is like when you don't get mentioned at all, period, then it's kind of like, uh, did nobody win anything this week? <laughs> what, what happened? Are everybody okay? Uh, but look, that's what we're here for. That's hopefully we do that for week 13. So as always, let's kick things off. Let's talk some cash plays for you guys. Straight cash, homie. All right, Joe, coming to you first. DraftKings. It's impossible this week. There is no way you're getting Christian McCaffrey in your lineup, is there? Yeah, I'm just going to give everyone permission again to play Christian McCaffrey for uh, the 10th week in a row, I think. Uh, no, no you I, can't. You can't make it work. <laughs> you literally can't make it work. No, I don't know. I think that there's still there's still enough pricing kind of inefficiencies here. I guess we've, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks about how much harder it has been to build lineups in particular over on DraftKings. But uh, thankfully, we did get a little bit of value to open up last week. I think this could be another week like that where we end up getting on some of uh, these cheaper wide receivers, which we'll talk about. But running back, I still think it's it's the same guys at the top. Uh, I don't. There's really not much more analysis as far as the Christian McCaffrey thing. Like he's he's 10-5 on DraftKings. He's 11K on FanDuel. Um, I think this spot against Washington still certainly makes some sense to go back to this guy. You can project him for uh, the most touches on the entire slate. Um, Washington is a team that will slow down the pace a little bit. So that's something to, I guess, monitor as we go through here. But Washington in particular is a, a team that's really poor against the short area passing game. So, I mean, I guess think that McCaffrey could end up eating again in this spot. He is so much more expensive than any other running back on the slate. So, so what are you, what are you guys doing with him versus like trying to prioritize some of these wide receivers? So Chris, you know this because we said it well joe before we came on the show i found a way to make it work on fanduel it's a little bit it's a little bit easier i mean if you just plug them in on fanduel you have six thousand you know per average player to spend the rest of the way that's doable you can get you can get a a solid lineup over there on fanduel with that and then on dk it's it's 4.9 once you plug in McCaffrey. (laughs) so it's it's really tough yeah i mean you got to be punting on defense you're gonna have to punt the tight end position and you're gonna have to take a shot on yeah definitely a quarterback back we'll get into a couple of Hodges Hodges maybe um Andy Dalton I don't know you're gonna have to get a little wild with your lineup maybe you go Dalton uh Auden Tate stack or something silly like that yeah you're gonna have to get creative absolutely I mean Benny Snell 4-7 do you really want to roll that guy out there so you'll you'll have you'll have to take some it's definitely easier to do on Fandle I will say that but it's it's so tough because he's as Joe talked about I mean he's and all the backs here this week, I mean, we don't even know what the status of Barkley. Kamara's not playing. Zeke's not playing. Um, when I say I don't know the status of Barkley, I just don't know what I've, I'm not confident rolling him out. I mean, his price is 7-4, so it's, it's clearly CMC is the number one option. If you can find a way to do it, go for it. But it's tough in cash, Jake, because you're going to have to roll out these scrubs. And if you're a cash game player, it doesn't give you a good balance to roll him out. No, and I think that's why we're not talking tournament right now, but I think that's why Christian McCaffrey makes sense in tournaments is because it's so impossible to do it that most people are just going to finally stay away. 
and you're going to have to hit. I look, you're, I wouldn't do this. Is something you talk about a lot, Joe, is like, you know, one out of so many lineups or whatever. I might barely own Chris McCaffrey, even tournament. It might be like 10%, like one out of 10, just because you're going to have to hit on so many. Like you're, you're taking, and this is for everybody out there, and you can talk to this too, Joe and Chris, uh, about roster construction is when you go and you, you just mentioned, was it 4,900, Chris? Yeah. When you have to punt, essentially quarterback and tight end and two wide receiver spots and your second running back becomes a question. It goes from, all right, you know, I got to hit on some guys that look like good plays and I have to hit on two. Now you have to hit on like four and you're hitting on four of guys who only hit like 10% of the time. So do the simple math for everybody out there has been math of, you know, times, times, times. Now we're talking about, you're probably have like a 2% chance of doing well. Yeah, I guess the the problem with last week, even though like CMC still gets his normal 30 points, but if you played CMC, you're basically down to some of these scrub running backs like you talked about as well. You're probably playing Miles Sanders. You're probably playing Philip Lindsay to like make your roster work. So like, yeah, he got there probably from raw, raw points perspective, but like the teams that had like the Derrick Henrys last week or that had Leonard Fournette, these running backs that you just couldn't really get up to with the CMC build, like that's, I guess what we have to start to consider a little bit in roster construction. And I'm definitely like Christian McCaffrey's biggest fan, but um, I think that it's going to come a point, like you guys have been saying, like it depends on the rest of the salaries as well, not just um, how much of a good play he is. And I think there were weeks earlier in the season where even if he was priced at 10K, you easily could have made it work with value. It's been tougher when everyone else has been priced up recently. So I do think that things are changing at least a little bit on that side of things. All right. So then who are you looking at elsewise, Chris? Elsewise? Yeah, Is that we'll, a word? Yeah, we'll, we'll use it. <laughs> it's a special week. Um, Love Bell. Uh, you know, he's been pretty frustrating, but this is a good spot against the Bengals. Nobody's given up more rushing yards than, than Cincinnati this season. And he's been a little bit more involved through the air. That's what I like to see last week, five catches, four catches in week 10. He had eight grabs in, in week nine. So he's been involved through the air. It hasn't been the love bell of old, but he's coming off a game where he had over four point zero yards per carry. And you can only set twice for love bell so far this season. So the, a good thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, it's completely not the same upside as you know when he was a stealer but I, I think in terms of just pricing he he's he, on both sites actually you know on FanDuel and DraftKings I think he's he's decent in there at 7-2 so that that's a running back that I'm looking at but again on DK you're not going to be able to pair one of these top tier backs with McCaffrey it's just there's just no way in heck you can do it tough to get there uh I guess you guys probably aren't going to like this one because of the matchup but uh Lenny 7,500 against Tampa Bay. I get the matchup is horrendous. That's, that's your other favorite guy. <laughs> guy literally touched the ball like 35 times last week, didn't he? Yeah, so he had 24, 24 rush attempts. Like he just missed the 100-yard bonus on DraftKings by three yards, but got in the end zone twice, which was great. 12 targets. Like he did all of his damage when they were down like 30 points, it felt like. So um, I don't know. I still think he's in play, um, even though the matchup uh, couldn't be much worse. He's He's 7,500, like you said, but making builds work with him and Christian McCaffrey uh, might be a bit of a struggle this week. But I do think that maybe he's more of a tournament play, but the volume alone should at least have him on your on your radar. Yeah, I think he's more of a tournament play, but I think he's a decent tournament play. Over the, the, the one thing with Lenny this, this year compared to years past is the catches. Really. He's so involved through the air in two <laughs> games with... Nick Foles, this guy's got 19 targets and 16 catches. I mean, seven catches in week eight as well. So I, I like the fact that even if he does get shut down on the ground, which he probably will, he'll, he'll probably catch <laughs> seven or eight balls. When I say shut down, I mean, I just don't think he'll get 80 to 100 yards. But if you give him right. t- 20 carries, I mean, 60 yards and seven grabs, I mean, it's not awful. No, well, if I'm going down to Lemmy, uh, I'm not doing it. It's <laughs> Look, this is the week where you brought him up before, Chris. You talk about being on the field with like 95%, almost as much as Christian McCaffrey and should be used as the same way Christian McCaffrey is, but he's not because Daniel Jones is an idiot. But all that being said, Saquon Barkley down at 7600 and $100 less than Flutter Fournette on DraftKings. I, I, like When you get to this price, we kind of had this conversation about other players. Joe, you bring him up a lot of times. Like At what point like Odell Beckham becomes so cheap that you kind of just put him in because of the upside he brings. You're going to give me Saquon Barkley at mid-7th K. I got it. I I pretty much put him in my lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think he his price is at a point, like you said, where he has to be in your consideration. Like I, I realized that he probably just hasn't looked healthy. Would you guys agree with that most of the year? Yes. That maybe that's been part of yeah. the issue with him. So if there's 
if there's a, I mean, if he starts to kind of get that under control, there's going to be a week or two here where he is just drastically underpriced if we start to see the Saquon Barkley of old. So yeah, anything that you'd be kind of looking at from kind of a point per dollar perspective, I think that Saquon's got to be right there um, as someone that uh, is going to see volume for sure. But we're, we're still kind of, I want to be early on Saquon. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, now's the time to do it. Absolutely. I don't know for cash, but now's the time to get involved with Saquon before it has that big blow-up game. This is the cheapest he's ever been. He opened up the year $9,000, and he got up to nine two at one point. So now is the time. Absolutely. Recency bias is such a thing in TFS. Nobody wants to play Saquon. They're looking at Henry and Fournette's big games. Look, Chubb's coming off a big game. CMC try to find a way to get him in. So uh, I think Barkley's getting overlooked. And I mean, last week he was, again, pretty disappointing. But I would imagine his ownership's probably going to be pretty low again, Jake. Yeah, so running back as well, Josh Jacobs, Chris, back to that situation. I mean, that's how you beat the Chiefs. It was a miserable game last week, a miserable, miserable, miserable game last week. And, you know, there's a couple of ways you could look at it. You could look at the fact, hey, it just was off week for the Raiders. You know, it's the Raiders. So in, in context, it was an off week. But I bring that up in the off week of, was it Jalen Rashard because they were down or was it Jalen Rashard because they started pulling all their starters? Like what way are you attacking this where Josh Jacobs price is still pretty attractive for what had been, if you take out last week at this price, we're probably like hammer Josh Jacobs. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you're right. It's a very solid price. And the one fear is that they get down again because I think it's a little bit, it was a little bit of both. I mean, they were completely blown out in that game. They were resting their starters halfway through the, the third quarter looking ahead to to this game, this matchup right now for the division on the line. But, I mean, just tournaments, because I just have that fear that they will get down. And if they get down, it could be a little bit more of Jalen Richard. But I do like Jacob's price. And at 69, all, this, all the numbers point to Oakland running the football and trying to have success against the ground. I mean, nobody's given up more fantasy points to running backs than KC. I mean, you just look at the rush DVO defense. I mean, the third worst in football, uh, just overall and against the run, third worst as well. So, um, yeah, it's not a bad spot. Uh, I don't know, again, if I'd go there in cash, but I do think he'll be involved. I think he'll probably get 20 touches. Yeah, I think Jacobs... I like the price a lot. Like he's one of the ones that stood out to me right away when I started to kind of dive into the slate. I guess you, you look in like it's a little bit deeper on his touches and there's a lot of volatility here. I feel like for a running back, like just based on like, so he has a couple games where he's seen like 15 touches or so, and then he just explodes for like 28 touches out of nowhere. And like his receiving involvement, I guess is just okay. But in comparison to some of these other guys we're talking about, I think he might be priced like kind of where he should be. Honestly, like there's a couple of guys that are more expensive that I would definitely uh, prefer to move down to Jacobs. I'm with you guys from a price perspective. I guess it, it makes me nervous. These guys where there's just so much volatility in their touches. It, it just like kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Chubb earlier in the season where there were certain games where he would just out of nowhere have like seven targets. And then like the next game he would have one. And then like, I, I don't know, that stuff makes me nervous in cash games. So are you nervous about Aaron Jones as well? I mean, I don't. I rarely play Aaron Jones. I guess the, those type of sit, like situations where it's just like a, a clear timeshare. It just, I don't know. I, I just there's there's nothing more tilting than having a guy at the running back position with the majority of your action, and then the other guy gets in the end zone. You know what I mean? Like that's the benefit of having a guy like Leonard Fournette, a guy even like uh, like your boy Derrick Henry. Like you know he's going to get the goal line touches. So there's value in guys like that in DFS for sure. Jake doesn't want him to be his boy. That's your boy. No, man. You're the one that's been talking about him for a while now, and I've, I'm late to the party. I played him last week finally, which was good. But it's it's my I don't want him to be my boy. <laughs> that's the problem, though. It's like I I hate supporting Derrick Henry not as much as I hate supporting Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold, but I do. All right, so last one for you guys, Chris, Jonathan Williams in play. See, I mean, we're talking about to Joe's point to pivot off that is, or I should say, branch off that. It, we know I'd say quotes no he's going to be getting the volume yeah i guess i guess we know he's certainly earned the touches um my, my one problem is that i mean his involvement through the year i know he caught three passes last week but i don't really think that's that's totally his thing i mean how will jordan wilkins get a little bit more involved it's possible i don't think he's a huge threat but naheem hines is, is definitely a threat to, to steal those catches um those that third down work so I, I i don't mind it on Fanduel, he's just too expensive they're really giving him the respect i mean sixty eight hundred dollars I, I think that's too expensive for a guy like Jonathan Williams. I mean, Philip Lindsay is, is $500 cheaper, I think, in, in a much better matchup. But I do agree with Joe. 
and, and some of these backs and cash, I think you need to just stay away from potentials, you know, split backfields, right? I'm, I'm wearing Jacobs, you know, I think he's projected at least for a few more looks, not just in the passing game, but on the ground. I feel a little bit safer rolling out a guy where it's, it's basically his backfield. So I, I probably will shy away from Williams and Jones, but I am interested in Jones in, in tournaments. I think there's there's definitely some upside to be said there. But I don't mind Philip Lindsay, you know, having said that with Freeman. I think, you know, Lindsay's last game earlier in the year against the Chargers, you can run on the Chargers. You can you can dominate the line of scrimmage there. And, you know, he had a pretty solid game. I mean, 15 for 114, had a touchdown, four grabs. You know, it was his third highest catch game of the season. So I'm a little interested in, in Lindsay in, in tournaments and potentially in cash just because I like the DK price. But I don't think I'll get involved with Jonathan. It's an interesting one because I, I think that, yeah, you can project him to be a decent kind of point-per-dollar play and, and whatnot. I, I think I, I totally agree with you on FanDuel. He's too expensive over there. On DraftKings, like, finding someone, like, in this range um, is something you kind of need right now. So I'm trying to piece my way through if I want to go back to the well with, with Miles Sanders against Miami, uh, 5400 <laughs> like, really similar price. But this guy has just been burning people and I don't know. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to go back there, but I, I feel like this is a this is a range we're going to have to find at least someone playable this week uh, in cash for sure to make some of this other stuff work. Yeah, he's like a bad rash. He just keeps coming back. Yeah, <laughs> just, he's like always in the projections, I, like really high and like the I don't know. It's really tough. So I laughed because I have him and do I have him in both my lineups. Yes, I do. I have him in both my lineups Miles? because. Miles Sanders, yeah. it, you know, the opportunity in this matchup, the opportunity with no Jordan Howard, you know, you and I talked about it on the throwback show just a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think JJ gets in the mix, but I still think that, you know what, Miles Sanders doesn't, I think he's Austin Eckler with a little bit few more carries. So, and that's where I'm going for, for the price here. It's just, it's going to be hard to get away from him. All right. Anybody else before we move to wide receiver? Mm-hmm. No, shaking yeah. head. No, yeah. Chris, no. Yeah. No. All right. Let's talk wide receiver. Let's talk wide receiver. And, on FanDuel, I'm looking at this price, and it's 6800 and I don't know why, because let me find them real quick. Let me go back to DraftKings, do a search. Oh, look. He's the same. He, oh, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> hell yeah, I do. DJ okay, Moore. How, how the <laughs> hell is he only 6800 I don't know. Uh, snoozing, absolutely. I mean, this guy leads the, the league in targets Plug over the last play. four weeks. Yeah, I, I've been playing him every every week now for, I don't know, five or six weeks. And I've been watching the price just go up slightly, slightly, slightly. Curtis Samuel is is not an option at all for Kyle Allen. I think he had one target last week. He's 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 been very, very mediocre. And Moore just has the track record. I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, six for 126, eight for 95, nine for 127 for 101 like there has been a solid solid floor there for dj moore against washington yeah he's in every lineup of mine i like him i mean he's the guy that we were talking about i feel like every single week until they started to price these carolina guys up and i don't think they've gotten aggressive enough with dj moore so totally with you on that uh it seems like on on Fanduel, it's it's crazy that he's the same price on, on both sides to be completely honest uh fourth highest wide receiver and weighted opportunity rating. I mean, his yards per out run is up there with some of the elite guys in the league as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a game I think where, um, like I said, I have some pace concerns just because Washington does slow things down a little bit. But, I mean, Carolina should be – maybe they put maybe it's the other way and they kind of push the pace of this game and DJ Moore still remains as involved as he has been. I just think that he ends up being kind of that second security blanket uh, for Kyle Allen. So, yeah, totally in on DJ Moore at that price again this week. All right, so who else are you looking at? I feel like Robert Woods is another really strong play as well. Yeah, Woods is one that I kind of looked at just because of the matchup instantly, and then he was popping in basically projection models. So based on like kind of probably the matchup, but also just like this team scares me a little bit. But yeah, you're Chris, you're about to jump in. Does does the the Rams like kind of scare you a little bit in general? I'm like I feel like I need to take a deeper look at this one. Yeah, I think. I think it's right for all of us to be a little scared. And I think, you know, the fantasy community will be a little scared as well. This doesn't look like the Rams of old. They look defeated. Cooper Cup has been disappointing for, for a couple weeks now. And I just think it's a get-right game for, for everybody. I mean, maybe not Cooks or Everett, but potentially you want to go ultra-contrarian. You want to go Cup and Goff. I think people are probably sick of, of playing Cup and Goff, or especially Cup over the past <laughs> couple of weeks. I would imagine that. I mean, I can't. 
I haven't been playing them, but if you've been playing them, you're you're not winning money at all. You've you've come basically dead last. So I think it's just a get right game for everybody. But you know, we mentioned you, you mentioned throwback. We we talked about Woods, Jake, in over the just the past couple games that he's had. I mean, twenty targets and thirteen grabs. You can't ignore that. They're getting him involved, whether it's a bubble screen, an end around, just a quick outlet pass. He seems to be the one getting involved because all the attention is going on Cooper Cup. But I think. And I know for sure, actually, I will have in tournaments uh, a RAM stack with these three. More, yeah. I mean, there's, there's yeah, there's, really, I, I, mean I gave I you the name. I want, I want a name for you, Chris. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have. I, I think that he, the price point makes me a little bit nervous. But everything you said, I mean, on Fanduel actually. So I think on DraftKings, yeah, like fifty five hundred, he's a guy that we're going to have to take a deep look at. And and honestly, like I've been kind of skipping over him mentally, but he's like still like one of those. I mean, he's top top 10 and weighted opportunity for uh, like he's a price point guy that that definitely pops out so i love that you brought him up right away because i think he's one of the ones that stands out as being uh mispriced on DraftKings for sure what about sammy watkins is he now <laughs> there's the there's that i knew oh watch the video you have to see the head shake there's no, that's the best way to describe sammy watkins it's just like I don't know. He's in that <laughs> range with like the the, the boomer bus guys, right? The Fullers, the Marquis. I, I think that's where he deserves to be. It's you know every single week, fifty or sixty yards. It's whether or not he scores. But if there's this is one of the top three teams and big plays allowed, yeah. uh, just. Yeah, I, I think there. you keep an. I think price you, is reasonable. Yeah, it is reasonable. I think he's in play in tournaments, especially we just the run game in KC is so questionable. We just don't know what's going on there. I don't know if any of you guys have heard about Damian Williams. It seems like you just trying to find out what's happening with Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. Uh, is he going to play? How active is he going to be on the ground? They haven't been able to run the football. So if, if that means 40-plus dropbacks against the Raiders and, and that secondary, you're giving up big plays like you said, Jake? Sure. I mean, and and keep an eye on, on Tyreek. If, sure. If Tyreek doesn't play Sammy Watkins. But I think there's another guy in that mid-range that is mispriced as another DJ is DJ Chark. I mean, against Tampa, let's roll out all these Jags. I think that's going to be a shootout. do yeah. <laughs> I, I love dj shark uh, i think that's it's an like the whole head shaking for for Watkins. it's just because like this guy like has just buried me so many times so like working through your biases even like mid-season is something that you have to do as a dfs player and and admittedly i've, I've been poor at that at times uh, so 5400 for him like he doesn't really hit the metrics that i really value but matchups fantastic like especially if tyreek ends up sitting out it looks like they're optimistic that he's going to play um with that hamstring injury i guess he actually spent time recovering in kansas city uh kind of before he took off for that bye week so yeah if we get tyreek like he's uh if he ends up being out i I think that obviously raises the floor a little bit for Watkins. if he's in i think there's a little bit uh, a little too much unknown there for for cash games but dj chark like this guy is an (coughs) absolute stud uh 6600 um i think that he's someone that we could definitely go to i mean the Matt, we talk about it every week with Tampa Bay, right? It's just a massive pass funnel, probably like a somewhat historic pass funnel situation, right? Because they've been so strong against the run. Um, as much as I like my boy Lenny, uh, DJ Chark's probably the one that makes a little bit more sense. All right, so I think this one might have become my boy again, Chris. He was at the draft time. He was excuses after that. He was excuses after that, too, but it's been four years, and everybody had just buried him. Well, guess what? Devontae Parker's back. Although, somewhat of a letdown last week, Going after the volume, price still hasn't gone up, obviously, because of what happened last week. But your Eagles, I mean, I'm coming to you for this because you and I talked about this on the other show as well, is since Jalen Mills, Jalen Mills, and Jalen Mills <laughs> and Darby came back, this past defense has been playing well. I don't want to say an amazing, but well. So is Devontae Parker still a smash against the Eagles this week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you talk about last week being a down week, sure, but he, he still came out with 15 DK points. I mean, he had 11 targets, 91 yards, 6 grabs. He's been pretty consistent now for, for a good chunk of time. I mean, even against the Bills and Tredavious White. I mean, had 135 yards and 7 catches. So, I, and I know a lot of that came in garbage time, but we're dealing with the Miami Dolphins here, and that's just going to happen. So Fitzpatrick is not afraid. We've said this so many times. He is not afraid. There's a large enough sample size of Fitzpatrick forcing footballs to guys double team, triple team. He doesn't care at all. So I do like that price at 5-7. And again, we're talking about get right games with the Rams. I mean, it's potentially one with the Eagles too. And you're right. The defense has looked really good. It has. I mean, two games in a row, they've given up two touchdowns and they're a trick place to, to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and, and Tom Brady slash Julian Edelman and the New England Patriots. So I am a little afraid of of the matchup for Fitz, but... <laughs> no, you said not he's afraid. He's going to get double-digit targets. Stick with it. 
He's not afraid. You shouldn't be afraid. We need like walk up music for football players, like with baseball, because he had that Eminem song. I'm not afraid <laughs> to take a stand. Pass the ball to every man. Joe, you gonna jump in? I, mean, I think he. I think he basically said everything kind of that I, I felt about that situation, and I don't know how to follow up that uh, little music thing that he had going on there. I think that's what that's what the people <laughs> music would, thing would the, be the best way to describe uh, it. Uh, that's that's the best way to describe it. Just the music, all the music things from Jake today. Uh, yeah, man, I, I'm with you. I, I agree with everything you said, Chris. I don't have anything to add to that one. Tyler Boyd is interesting in that price range too. Five five. I mean, for the price. Uh, so, uh, Joe, here you go. What we said on the other show, I got to tell Chris knows where I'm going with this. I ranked him at 26. This is season long, but I said, this is what I said about him, Joe. 26 is wrong. I'll tell you in advance. 26 is wrong because it's either too high or too low. Yeah, this is one where like he finally got there, hit that regression we've kind of been waiting for last week. I, I think that in theory, like this is a spot that would make some sense, especially because of his price. I, I would prefer to attack the Jets with someone that sees deeper targets. They're 29th in the league at defending the deep ball, kind of middle of the pack and in the short area of the field. But I mean, you can't deny like Boyd has been a frustrating asset this year because he is getting volume. He just hasn't really had that ceiling because of how poor this offense has been. So yeah, like he's someone that, um, almost always like he, he ends up like in the conversation for me, someone that really likes to target that type of volume. But uh, in this spot, I, I think that the, it's one of those ones where the, the pieces don't fit together seamlessly. Um, but I do think that the price uh, makes some sense. Anybody else before we move to tight end? Mm, that's it. I mean, I, look. I do like Adams as a one-off Devonte Adams. I mean, we didn't really talk about top, top tier wide receivers um we kind of just glanced over cup we didn't even mention the tampa boys but i, I do like Devonte adams against your giants jake i mean how could you not mm, come on because come on. Come because on. he should score eight billion points i mean he could he should <laughs> it's co- no it's just coming off his first you know, touchdown game of the season well so <laughs> the only concern i do have kidding aside the only the concern i do have is that they get up early and easy and daniel jones is a turnover machine this turns into an aaron jones jamal williams game yeah, like it's, it's just possible. all them. That's the only concern I have there. I, I love that play. I'm with you. I just unfortunately because there's so many in the six range that I like. I just and I wanted to get the running backs in. I, I don't. I didn't have a spot for him. But I do like the call. Yeah, he seems like, like a guy. Try like, and pick I'm, one of the bucks, or let's talk to him. Actually, which Buccaneers is it going to be? This it's going to be. Joe, I mean. you nailed that. it last week, didn't you? Say Godwin. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I actually was yeah. shocked. So I was uh, monitoring King of the Beach pretty heavily, just because one of my one of my one on one clients had four seats in that, and we uh, we didn't end up on a Godwin side of it, but the ownership was crazy. Like God, I'm sure it was like this across the industry. Like Godwin was four percent, and Evans was like thirty two in that. So if you were on the right side of that, you basically won all the money. Um, I guess I. I, I obviously like the things that I focus on. Sometimes I, I don't hear as many narratives, but there's this narrative that Winston basically just likes to throw to Evans uh, a lot when he's under pressure. And this is a spot where I thought that he would see some pressure. So maybe that's why people got on him. I like Godwin just because it, if he's going to see pressure, just to me, that means like the short area of the field is what makes more sense. So um, yeah, I, I, right. I like Godwin quite a bit last week. I actually had someone bring this up um, in a show that I had earlier this week. And they said that if you just did this one thing every week, you you built a team with Jameis and either Mike Evans or Godwin. You played the exact same team in something like a, a three-max tournament, one with Godwin, one with Evans. If you did that the whole year, you'd probably be rich, right? Like you just would have hit it every week. One of your teams <laughs> yes. would be dead, but you'd have the other team. You basically would have the nuts. Yes. I don't know. Probably wow. negative EV, but I thought it was an interesting way to attack it. <laughs> That that is an interesting way to look at it. All right, so we're gonna come back to that game. Hint, hint, er, the the tight end position. So I'm gonna tell you guys what I did. I went to tight end. I scrolled down. I scrolled a little bit further, and then I kept scrolling. And then I just put in Caden Smith, and then I started the rest of my lineup after that. Oh baby, Caden Smith. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> wow. I I actually don't hate it because I think you just spend up or you just spend absolutely down. And if you're going to play CMC, you're going to have to spend, you're going to have to go down. So it seems like Jones is leaning on whoever is in at the tight end position. I'm sure that's where you're going, Jake. Um, what do you have? Five catches a touchdown last week. It's, it's the opportunity share. It's the target share. It's the fact that nobody's out. And so Chris also knows this, Joe, the last five games, tight ends against the Packers have averaged 5.7 catches, 87.3 yards, five touchdowns total, and 6.6 half-point PPR. 
It's not I mean, bad. I guess we're this is where He's we're specialist. at at this point of the year. This is where we're at. Like, this is the guys we have to play right. on DraftKings to get some of these other players in. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that if, uh, like, from a, I mean, you have to consider these guys is, is the reality of roster He's right my now. Noah fan. Yeah, there you go. I mean, uh, that's, a, that's, a t- that's a tough brand, my friend. Uh, well, but, yeah. that might be an easy jersey because I could just, if it doesn't work out, it's Smith. I mean, that's easy. Although there hasn't been a lot of Smiths with the Giants, but I could be like, yeah, it's that guy. I'm sure they'll, draft, guy. they'll draft one, I'm sure. <laughs> or I could just do the Beowulf thing. So, then, you know, 10 years from now, people are like, who the heck is Beowulf? And it'll be like, you had to be there. <laughs> and just looking down <laughs> at that price range, I mean, just trying to punt the position, there's really not a whole lot. You can jump up. He's maybe the only one. I think, I think there's maybe. a, I, yeah, that's what I was going to say is I think yeah. Jack Doyle, but you have to move up a bit to get there right but he's yeah. the one that i yeah. think stands out the most by far down there yeah well he's five he's all he's a thousand i said only a thousand more he's five thousand only a thousand more on FanDuel. it's a little bit different on DraftKings because you know you get that ppr boost and there's a little bit more different pricing as you know but i i do like jack you guys know i like jack doyle yeah no eric ebron ty you know not 100 yeah. percent. yeah i mean tennessee's oh, a, by the way chris a good matchup too how how did that Cameron Brait thing work for you? Yeah, not great. <laughs> it, 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 thanks for that. Um, you know, luckily I didn't have a, a lot of shares of him. I played Dallas Goddard. I still like Goddard. He put the ball on the ground, but he came away with seven catches last week, and we still don't know who's going to catch footballs in, in Philadelphia. It's it's Ertz and it's Goddard. I actually played both of them in a lineup that was successful without Carson Wentz, um, believe it or not, but... I still think what we've seen from Ertz over the past three weeks is, is again, even against Miami, I think this is going to continue to see it. I mean, Wentz is just starving for somebody to catch a football, and it yeah. just seems like it's just Zach Ertz and Goddard. So jokes aside, I did bring that up with a point. I brought it up with the point of, like, matchups don't – we did it earlier this year. I told you I wasn't doing Tyler Eifert. Matchups only go so far. But I do bring this up, Chris, and I, I was poking fun, but I do have a serious question out here. Is the Arizona Cardinals are on tap for the Rams. Mm. Now – Gerald Everett reportedly was dealing with the injury, and that's why his snaps were so low in that game. If he gets in a full practice on Friday, do you get Gerald Everett into your lineup because he is facing the Cardinals, or is it too much concern for you now at this point? Because, again, I, I, that's why I'm bringing up the discussion is where does matchup and the line for you? Yeah, I, th- I I look at the price, and I just don't like it at 46. Um, you know, the past couple weeks, he just hasn't been healthy. So I understand it's against Arizona, but – yeah, I'm I'm personally not going to go there. I, I get it, but I just haven't seen enough from him over the past couple weeks, and I'm not going to believe that he's fully healthy, even if he does practice in full on Friday. He's he's too expensive, man. Yeah, I'm totally with you, especially on on DraftKings. I think at that range, for me, it's still Greg Olson, 4400. Like he's ran more routes than anyone on the slate over the last four weeks. Uh, Washington 31st against the tight ends. Uh, I mean, they're at home, decent total. Like I, I think the Greg Olson thing's always kind of hard to click in a single entry situation, and his price is outside the range of like uh, the Gesickis and the Doyles of the world, uh, which obviously gives you a lot of. A lot of savings that you need, so uh, it's tough price range for for uh, for tight end to get to that mid four k range just overall. And if it, if I'm going to do it, it's probably not going to be Everett, uh, even though the matchup is obviously. Um, I mean, it's basically the best matchup there could possibly be. So um, not for me, I don't think. <laughs> uh, Jake, uh, you know, um, even though I mentioned Bray, you mentioned Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald had one point as one more point than Bray. <laughs> yeah, who did, Vance I, who, who did I mention, guys? Uh, Gesicki probably. I, I think so, yeah. And he was like, he, he was decent, wasn't he? Uh, he I mean, it's Will Fuller. Like, I mean, like you can mention him every single week. Eventually, he's going to hit. <laughs> yeah, that's the play. That's why everyone. That's why my mentions blow up whenever Noah Fant catches the ball. <laughs> Enough with Noah Fant. All right, so who are you looking at this week, Joe? You kind of like poo pooed on everybody so far. No, I, I think it's Doyle for me, honestly, for for the mention or for what okay. we mentioned before with uh, with Ebron being out, and I think just that that thirty three hundred dollar price tag, Tennessee twenty six against the tight end. I think a lot of things kind of line up for for Doyle. Uh, like this is a guy that could end up being in this this mid four k range uh, with Greg Olson and those type of plays uh, before long. So I think that he's gets underpriced this week on DraftKings for sure. All right, let me ask you guys two more. Uh, both have top seven APA matchups. Cincinnati ranks fifth. Kansas City ranks seventh. Ryan Griffin, one, with how good he's been and how much involved he's been. And then two, has Waller fallen enough in price to get him back onto your radar, even as quiet as he's been? Yeah, Waller's a good one. 
because no Hunter Renfro. You look at Waller early on in the season, right. he's getting all those targets and catches. And if you do paint that script where Casey is going to be up, Waller's going to get um, a few looks. So I like the Waller one. I've been on Griffin for a couple weeks too, but now I just I'm not crazy about his price at four three. Uh, he does have four touchdowns in four games without Herndon. That's I mean that's nice. It's great, but again, I just think it's going to be a whole lot of Lev Bell. So more interested in Waller. Um, and in that price range, again, I just I think at four three, I'd rather just spend down um, and maybe just punt the position even more. <laughs> Yikes! Waller, Waller's a a tough one for me because, like you said, he, he's fifty five hundred. It's that next tier of the pricing in Kansas City, obviously fourth best against the tight end, so not a great matchup there. But um, just looking at some of these, like there's some tough matchups for uh, some of the elite tight ends, right? So we have like Mark Andrews against San Francisco. We've got. Kelsey, I guess Oakland's kind of middle of the pack, but like there's, it's really tough to justify. I think the position of paying up uh, DraftKings for sure, just paying up at the tight end position is really hard to justify with some of these mid three K guys that um, we can still project for at least a decent amount of volume, even though it's gross. Okay, so let's talk about quarterback then. And on DraftKings, Joe, the second thing I did after I went down to Caden Smith is I scrolled back up to the top. And I said, hey, you're going to give me him as the second highest priced quarterback and not the first. I'm putting Lamar Jackson in my lineup. Now, I didn't do it on on FanDuel because, respectively, he is the highest as he should be. And 87 is a heck of a lot. It'll be 87, 86, Patrick Mahomes, and then 81 for third for Rodgers. But you're going to give him $400 less on DraftKings? Yes, Lamar Jackson was the second person I put in my lineup on DraftKings. I mean, you, you you like playing four running backs? Is that good? Uh, yeah, no. I, it's he's seven, it's this, the first thing I saw, too, was that he was uh, cheaper than Patrick Mahomes. So, like, if this just feels like uh, the classic just paying, like, uh, they are just pricing these guys down because of the matchup. Like, we saw Kyler Murray have some success against the San Francisco team, too. Like, is, is Lamar Jackson someone we're just going to avoid when we saw, like, someone with at least a somewhat, I don't know, I was about to say a comparable skill set. I'm not sure anyone has a comparable skill set to Lamar Jackson, but uh, at least the the type of success that he had, I definitely think Lamar can get there. 7K, this is going to be the cheapest we see him the rest of the year. No, nobody has a comparable skill set because it's like Adonis had sex with Hercules and had a baby. Like, that's Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you see Michael Vick on the sidelines watching the game, even he was impressed. Like, whoa, I couldn't do this. <laughs> Michael Vick's like, I didn't even do that. <laughs> I, I like Chris? I like Mahomes. I mean, I understand the the Jackson thing. I typically don't spend up at the quarterback position, but um, I may do it with Patrick Mahomes. As I said, I think he's going to drop back and throw forty plus times and against a weak secondary in Oakland. But I, I mean, I'm not going to say anything negative about Lamar Jackson. Joe's absolutely right, and you know the defenses for for San Fran. I mean, the defenses. It's awesome. It's great. But they have struggled twice against Murray and Russell Wilson. So I mean, a lot of these guys have. You know they're very similar. They're they're elusive. They can they can move around in the pocket, and make things happen with their legs. So I have no problem with Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's silly to tell anybody to fade Lamar Jackson, but I I like Mahomes slightly more. And I wonder because he's four hundred dollars. Like you guys are just saying, right? You guys are both sharp. You're saying, oh, Lamar Jackson four hundred dollars cheaper. I'm playing him. So I, I feel like that's kind of where most people will go. They don't want to spend that seven four on Patty. But Mahomes. what do you always say, Chris? I don't know. That chalk isn't a bad thing if it's the best play. Sure, but. Maybe Mahomes is the best player. So well, I, I know. I'm just. I was to the point of him being chalk. Yeah, there's right. nothing well, wrong with chalk. Boots. See, uh, we we gotta get some other options out there for people. So one of the other ones. Uh, can you guys guess? I've only done it like 17 times this year. Can you guess where I'm going with this? Yeah, I'm right Joe there smiling. with you and Jameis. Right. Naked Jameis. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah, he only threw about twenty eight times last week, but three touchdowns. That, that's your plus EV, Joe. Is stop, try, stop trying to figure them two out, and then just naked Jameis. Yeah, because well, one of them hits every week. That's the problem, though. I think like my probably biggest mistake with this whole Tampa Bay like decision, at least in tournaments this year, is like because I can't figure it out. I haven't played enough Jameis because I've just been xing out these Tampa Bay guys overall. Like if you you basically go broke trying to figure out which one to stack, and I mean you've been saying naked naked Jameis most of the season, so uh, props to you on that one. It's something that I um, definitely. I mean I haven't played Jameis near enough because he's been running a lot more too, and and I think that that's something that doesn't really uh, come out in the projections enough either. Like I've only got him at like fifteen. Um, or so rushing yards I think you could probably bump that up a little bit relative to like kind of what he's been doing in in recent weeks I think he's an awesome play he's significantly cheaper than the other two guys we were talking about on FanDuel for sure he's 7600 on FanDuel so that's a that's a nice price tag for him I actually uh, kind of like the Jacksonville uh, side of the game as well I think that Tampa Bay Jacksonville game is uh is super interesting so yeah I think Jameis is totally fine 
Yeah. I, 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 I'm making myself laugh in my head because I was like, you know what I need to get? We keep getting things from behind us. I need to get a picture of Jameis doing the George Costanza picture from Seinfeld. <laughs> He's half naked on the couch. That's what I need behind me. That's, I need that picture. Somebody can make that. Somebody has the Photoshop skills to make the naked Jameis as George Costanza on the couch. Please do it for me. I will immediately take it and print it out and put it behind me. Credit to you and I'll call you out on the show. So please, if anybody has those skills, I want it. Chris, <laughs> Nick Foles for you? Somebody else yeah, you're looking at? Yeah, I do like Foles. I agree with Joe. I think both sides of it. I've been playing a lot of Jameis as well. And I mean, you're right, Joe. Over 150 rushing yards in his last five games. So he's been pretty productive on the ground. Calls his own number sometimes. And he's got two top five wide receivers to deal with. And on the other side, Foles has just been slinging it. I mean, it hasn't all been good, but since he's been back, 47 passing attempts, 48 last week. I mean, that's that's a lot of passing attempts, and game script has favored him to throw the football, but it, it may favor him again to throw the football. The defense in Jacksonville does not look good right now, especially the secondary since they lost Jalen Ramsey. And I like all of his weapons. We, we just talked about DJ Chark. I mean, D.D. Westbrook's in a good spot. Chris Conley's in, in a decent spot as well. He's fairly cheap, so this is a game that I'm going to attack from both sides, and I think it's the contrarian way to spend down and put Nick Foles in your lineup at 5-7. Pretty good spot. Hmm. All right. I'm in. Any more? Any more for you, Joe? We good? No, I think I I I really like the Foles call on the other side, but the Jameis one, I I, I admit that that's probably just one I've avoided a little too much this year. So uh, apologies to everyone out there. <laughs> There's such a big price gap on on it DK is. on Fanduel seven five for Foles seven six for Winston. I mean, I think I'll lean Winston, but. On DK, there's a huge gap in terms of pricing. There Monday is Foles a better tournament. The problem with DK is, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, a little sneak preview. I I do have him on the one, but not, I have Winston on Fanduel. But I have Lamar Jackson on DraftKings. I, I'm not going away from that. Those are my boys. Those those are definitely my boys. All right. So defenses, Chris. Look at that. Two weeks in a row. I remember defenses for you. <laughs> we got them before the end of the show. Uh, Eagles. Patriots, Panthers, Steelers. I mean, these are like the top plays. I'm just kind of rattling them off here. Where are you looking, Chris? Yeah, I like the Eagles on DK 3-6 on FanDuel 5. I'm not going to go there. They're they're the most expensive defense on, on FanDuel. And the same thing, you can flip it on with the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers 3-5 right near the top in terms of pricing on, on DK. But on FanDuel, I mean, you have to go scrolling down for to find the Steelers. So I know Cleveland's turned it around a little bit, but I still like their defense overall at 3-7. I think they're a decent play. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think both. I think you can make an argument for the defenses, uh, both the defenses in that game, actually, because like the Cleveland side of the ball, twenty six hundred, like they're still the second highest pressure rate um, on the slate. So against Devlin Hodges uh, or Devlin Hodges, I don't even know how to say this guy's name. So he's got to be in play, right? Uh, so, <laughs> they so call that's, him uh, Duck Hodges, I think. Yeah, I think Pitts, Duck Pittsburgh. Tails right? Dodges. Pittsburgh really stands out on FanDuel though. Thirty seven hundred is a pretty crazy price tag. Do you guys like any of these like super cheap guys? Like I said, I've been like trying to figure out if these like sub two K defenses are like ever in play. It seems like this week we got Oakland against Mahomes, we got the Giants against Rogers. I don't know. Kind of Miami maybe, but they don't pressure enough for me. They're like bottom three on the slate in pressure rate. So maybe the Cardinals again. I I know I know I've mentioned the Cardinals a lot this year, but maybe the Cardinals against Goff on the road, that one at twenty three hundred. I could see going down there. Like that would that so that's interesting for that aspect, especially now that they legitimately have a piece in Peterson that can do something. So that that makes it more appealing. I was gonna say I paid down on draft. This is another piece for, straight from my lineup. I paid down under three thousand on DraftKings and close to four thousand on FanDuel. I went with the Chiefs. You're talking about you go against Derek Carr, you go against the offense that looked miserable last week, and that's not the only reason. But as you mentioned, Chris lost Hunter Renfro. You know, maybe Waller completely makes up for that, and that's what they need. They need to go back to Waller. They need to get back to Josh Jacobs, and it's a rebound game. But all that being said, it's an opportunity where their defense has been playing better. Also, their pass defense has been really good, and this is an opportunity for some turnovers. And they have the guys that can turn one of those turnovers into a touchdown. And also, of course, the return game with McCole Hardman. I mean, that's always a touchdown waiting to happen as well. Yeah, it's very possible. I love the Browns call and 2-6 on DK. This is another one where, you know, FanDuel and DraftKings are just completely not on the same page here. 4-6 for, for Cleveland, and that's probably where they should be priced as a top-five defense this week. And, you know, their price is a bottom-six defense over on DraftKings. So I think in that range, I get it. Chiefs 2-7. I may just go Browns 2-6. You know, the Ravens as well. I mean, this defense is completely nasty, man. They can get after the quarterback and Jimmy has thrown picks. I know he's looked a little bit better lately, but I'm really digging what I see in Baltimore, not just offensively, but 
defensively. Ever since they made that trade, I mean, 18 points, 13, 24, 15, 13. The sacks are there, too. Nine in their last two games, getting after the quarterback, generating picks. I mean, they have a pick in every game since week four. Unbelievable. Yeah, there was like a a spur like in the middle of the season where we were kind of targeting them a little bit, but it seems like they've they've really turned it around. And I and I love the pressure. They ended up being uh, pretty low on defense uh, two weeks ago. So maybe against San Francisco, people won't won't go there. I I guess still can't believe Pittsburgh's thirty seven hundred on Fanduel. Like that one, like really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I think they. Um, they look really strong over there. Uh, I guess I have a little bit of an issue last week. We had a lot of people kind of going to the Denver defense, even like some higher stakes players that I really respect. And I just couldn't figure out why they were in play last week. Like they were on the, on the road, they don't pressure. So like there seems to be like um, some situations like that that I'm trying to avoid this week as well. But it's kind of hard, uh, especially on a, week, a Thanksgiving I can, week. I can to, tell you why. Let's hear it. It's 100% Josh Allen. It's just because Josh Allen, really? it's the turnovers. It's, they're chasing turnovers. That's really what it was. It's, it's, you're okay. right about the pressure, but Josh Allen throws picks. He has a ton of fumbles. I mean, honestly, he's somehow recovered more fumbles this year than he should. So I, I think that's all it was, is people were just chasing the turnovers. That's why I think people okay. will try to chase the turnovers in Miami. It's the same sort of thing with Wentz. I mean, he's got five fumbles lost over the last five weeks, and he just hasn't looked good, but... I, I agree. It's you really on the dice with Miami. Two two fantasy points per game. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I think it, negative. it's always got to be the tiebreakers. Always got to be pressure. I think, and that's uh, I don't know. I was really pumped when I saw they were like thirty percent last week. That's just one I wasn't on. But um, you love you love seeing percentages and laughing at people. That's like your favorite. That's that's your Sunday that's, enjoyment. It's the best part. Just opening it up and seeing like really bad plays like be like thirty percent. Joe, Joe sees one oh one PM and he's like, Look at these idiots. Ah, or I open great. my lineup and I see guys that are like five percent and it's like, Oh god, what did I miss? This could be bad. <laughs> it goes both ways. Maybe you're that just that smart. All right, so let's talk some tournament plays and get those out there for everybody. You down with GPP? And Running back, tournament plays. Is there anybody left at running back? Okay, you know what? Scratch that. I'm not even going to ask the question. Pretend I didn't ask the question because I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you the fact that we didn't bring up Mark Ingram. And I think we didn't bring up Mark Ingram for a reason. It's Mark Ingram. He's Mark Ingram facing the 49ers. And there's always this like this perception of a ceiling with Mark Ingram. But with the way that the Ravens have been playing, that ceiling's kind of been blown through a couple times already tournament play because everybody is going to be off him i mean I, we don't have the projected ownership because we are recording a day ahead this week i would assume his projected ownership is near the bottom yeah i think that would be a good assumption for a reason though right i don't know I, i'm not really on mark ingram what do you i, I don't have I, he, I haven't played him once all season i, I think if your people are kind of remembering what kind of role he had for the saints it's just a totally different situation for the ravens like anytime you're rolling out a, a running back when the quarterback has like definitely a, a reasonable expectation to have more rushing yards. I don't know. I think it's thin. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not really, I'm not really on him. He has hit a ceiling over the past couple of weeks. Um, he's got four touchdowns over the last four weeks. So he he's always a, a threat to, to score a touchdown when they get in the red zone, but Lamar calls his number so much and Gus Edwards has been getting involved. And so I, I don't know if I'll, I'll fully go there, but I mean, if you're looking really? for a contrarian, you, you know what he did against New England, a, right? Yeah, I know. And New England's a, I think an easier matchup for him. Well, so Rams last week, which is supposed to be not run against ever. Like that's, I mean, it's not, of course we're not talking 49ers, but you're not supposed to be able to run against them. 27.8 points, 23.5 against Houston. I bring up new England cause he was 18.4, which would be three times value on his price. And yes, you have the floor, but this is why I'm bringing him up as a tournament play. I mean, you go back to Kansas city and yes, everybody runs against Kansas city earlier this year, but 38, 25 against Miami. That's again, I'm not pushing him on you guys. I just think he's an interesting tournament option. Yeah, I, I, again, I think he is. I think he's just contrarian. I mean, you catch a few balls. You just look at some of the running backs that played San Fran lately. I mean, Williams, seven catches. Drake, six the week before that. Uh, Drake, again, a couple weeks before that one, four catches. So, I mean, it's possible you can come away with three or four grabs and get you a touchdown and be all right. I haven't played too much of him either. I usually play him. When I do play him, it's is against, I think, just soft teams where I feel like maybe he'll find the end zone. I mean, that happened a couple of times. I think he played Cincy early on in the year where he didn't have a great game on the ground, but he, he scored a rushing touchdown and he made the day okay. But, yeah, I mean, it's not on my radar. I don't hate it. Stop pushing him on me. Uh- 
All right, fine. Whatever. Hey, Mark Ingram. He's now my boy, apparently, too. Joe, <laughs> either the Chargers guys for you? We didn't talk about them either. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's popping a little bit. I just, again, I think it's really tough to kind of figure out what, uh, I mean, who's going to have the game in Denver. It's just going to be touch a, such a tough game environment. I hate playing running backs in Denver, and I know that sounds like a, a terrible narrative, but like these guys, um, like dealing with the elevation. I don't know the running back position. I think that sometimes even we have like these rotations, we can see even a little bit more um, in Denver because of that. So it makes me a little bit nervous. Like for the same price, I don't know. Todd Gurley, I get what he just did, but like we're talking tournament <laughs> plays. Like no one's gonna like literally no one's gonna click this guy. And it is a fantastic matchup. Arizona thirty first at defending running backs in the passing game. Nice team total, even though it's on the road. Like we we see a lot of play volume in these Arizona games and. I don't know if Goff maybe figures it out. Maybe Todd Gurley. Um, I don't know. Maybe he gets back on track. It, it, I actually thought that like this past week, like maybe we we would start to see him kind of get back on track, and then gets drops a dud uh, that everyone saw in prime time. But twenty five carries the week before, um, three targets in back to back weeks. I don't know. I, I think that there there's at least a chance that Gurley starts to um, kind of bring things back on the tracks a little bit, and he's only sixty five hundred. Yeah, I don't hate that call, actually. I, I kind of like it. The fact that he's $6,500 is is certainly intriguing. He mentioned the catches, six catches in his last two games. I don't want to put last week on him against Baltimore, uh, but this is a this is a much better matchup for him. And you're right, fast-paced game, maybe a few grabs of the backfield. Don't mind that call. Jalen Samuels? No, thanks. No? All right, Joe Mixon? Mm, nah. Yeah, like, what do we, what do we think about that range though? Because if we needed to find like a fifty five hundred dollar guy, like who do you guys? I think it's Miles Sanders for me, I guess because of the matchup against Miami and just like I, again, like the vol, like the snaps, the volume, like it's it's been at least decent for that range. And I think he's ran a little bit bad the last couple of weeks. Like, do you guys have a favorite in that range? I, I don't mind the Sanders mm-hmm. call. I think in that range for me, I'd just go back to Lindsey at at five k. Um, yeah, but I mean they're they're kind of similar. I'd just give the edge to to Lindsey. Um, but yeah. All right. One more for you guys then. Kenyon Drake question mark. I, I just too <laughs> afraid of what's happening in Arizona. I just with Edmonds and, and I know DJ has been a non-factor, but these guys are all going to be active. How involved is Chase Edmonds going to be? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I can go there with, with Kenyon Drake. If it was just his backfield, I would be a lot more interested. Do you think they've carved out a role for this guy though? I mean, seven targets in back-to-back weeks. I mean, his, involvement on the ground is kind of back and forth a little bit like there's some volatility there but I don't know I mean I, I'm always intrigued by these guys that are just so active in the past like it seems like almost like a James White type of stat line for him right now and he's not priced anywhere near um, kind of that tier I guess 5600 it's maybe thin with some of these other guys in terms of touches but um, in a tournament maybe he gets there breaks a big play for you in this uh, this game environment that I think people will be on Jake your boy Benny Snell <laughs> not my boy don't even i bet you it'd be pretty don't... popular i bet you the 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 most oh, popular sure. combo will be cmc and and um benny snell just makes sense right you put in cmc you got 4k to spend where's a back that's yeah I def- yeah but i think benny snell is definitely going to be in too many lineups honestly and, and he's it, so chris for everybody out there is saying that tongue-in-cheek because he knows i'm not a huge fan of benny snell's talent in general i call him a lesser version of jordan howard very similar to jordan howard but the concern i have about this game and what we talked about on our show is the fact that if this goes to a game script where Cleveland gets out early, it could it be Jalen Samuels again? I mean, like Jalen Samuels basically wasn't used last week for a game that they should have ran away with, but it was a game they were in control. And so I don't know that the Benny Snell 20 touches is a guarantee. So, all right, wide receivers for you guys. How about Scary Terry? Nobody's talking Scary Terry. He's at least still productive because he is the only option, and it's a good matchup. Go ahead, yeah, Joe. I mean, he. I mean, I think he was top three in air yards last week. Obviously, a, a tough spot. Um, if he ends up getting Bradbury this week, I don't, I don't know. Um, his weighted opportunity. Is Bradbury everything definitely lines playing? Up. I don't know. That's something. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday. I'll check that in a second. But um, honestly, though, like Wednesday, you don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> I had to look at my calendar actually. Yeah. I've, oh yeah. I have no <laughs> idea what day it is. Dude, Thanksgiving week. <laughs> one thing before before we talk about this, I think Thanksgiving week in general, people are kind of out of their routines. Like this is a week where like you can actually kind of take advantage. And you'll say one thing too, like uh, the content that comes through, like a lot of people are going to kind of funnel to similar plays even more than normal because no one's doing as much research this week. So I think there's this is a great week to be contrarian. So from the wide receivers 
like this, this is the position to do it for sure. Um, yeah, so McLaurin at 5,600, I think at that price point, like right around Woods. And uh, I mean, just, I think that that's going to be a game that people are going to go to. And I think on FanDuel in particular, McLaurin's 5,800, like that definitely is a price point that stands out for a guy that's still top 10 weighted opportunity. Like he, he's still someone that we want to be targeting. Like, um, again, we'll have to keep an eye on that matchup. But And the team total is, is always terrifying with Washington. It's similar to the issues I have with these these Miami Dolphins here and there, it's just like, how do you get behind a wide receiver with a, a 15 point implied total uh, on the road? It's a, it's a tough spot, but I could see it being a, a decent tournament play just because of the volume alone. Yeah, that's that's my one problem too. Is exactly what Joe just said. I mean, just this Miami or this uh, Washington team, they're just not scoring a lot of points. But I mean, the volume is absolutely there. I mean, if you watch that game last week, I mean, twelve targets, five catches. It was some poor thrown balls, but there were some opportunities where he was completely wide open, even with a guy like Darius Slay on him. So I, I don't hate the call. Fifty six hundred dollars. He's fifty eight hundred dollars on Fanduel too. So it's not bad. It just and then another bad team, I just, I'm staring at Boyd and Woods in that price range that I'd rather just get involved with. But I think, you know, he makes for a good tournament option, Jake. You love some Boyd. All right. So who else are you looking at? <laughs> um, you know, really, again, if we want to go a little bit cheaper, um, I know you mentioned Robbie Anderson earlier, just kind of touched on Chris Conley. Um, Chris Conley, I, th- I think in, in a, you know, a, a potential no. shootout. I don't mean to jump in, but to go back real quick, I, I would pivot straight to Jameson Crowder. I think that because, again, I'm assuming, check for everybody out there if you can check ownership projections by a lot of people will be talking about it, tweeting about it. Maybe some of us will tweet about it. But I feel like Robbie Anderson is going to be so heavily owned in that game that you pivot right back to Jameson Crowder if you want a piece of that. Yeah, I get it. I'm just playing Bell. I mean, I'm just throwing guys out that are cheap <laughs> that you could get in there. I'm just I'm all in on Lev Bell this week. I'm kind of just fading the passing game, but I, I think it does. Royalties, does, all in. Yeah, it makes some sense, so. <laughs> um yeah i mean in that price range again i'm just kind of looking at, at at chris conley i mean why not against tampa and, and nine targets eight targets we mentioned Foles and how, how many times he's thrown the football over the past couple weeks so uh that's kind of where i'm going i'm looking for cheap wide out i like it I, I like the conley call a lot like he's someone like i think people don't realize the kind of usage he has at times like i, I talked about mclaurin like being a top top three guy in air yards last week like Conley was right there too and he was actually like one of the biggest biggest differentiators I think I had last week in, in tournaments because he was pretty low owned if he would have kind of realized any of those those targets uh, it could have been really nice I, I think that that's a interesting he's 6k on FanDuel as well like he's basically the same price as Robbie Anderson who I agree I think Robbie Anderson is going to be uh, decently popular I think we're we're pretty heavy on this Jacksonville game right now but I don't hate it yeah all right one more for you guys before we get to tight ends and quarterbacks Let's go back to it. Tyrell Williams, volume. No, I mean, no Hunter Renfro game. They're going to need to pass again. It could go back to Darren Waller, but Tyrell, the beginning of the season is touchdown in every single game. Yeah. Game script again. And sure. I, 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 I definitely don't hate it. If, if KC gets up again, I mean, it could be, it could be Tyrell Williams. I mean, I, I definitely don't mind that call. All right. And tight ends. Anybody we haven't mentioned already, like tight end feels like, you we've talked about it before correct me if i'm wrong it's either pay up or don't pay up and it's all the same considerations and there never seems to be a guy all the way down here that like gets crazy as far as an ownership perspective is like so i don't know i think a lot of these guys that are running routes like it's like 3600 and below you can make a, a probably an argument for like five six different guys so um my uh my weekly play at michael gesicki uh that's what i got uh chris that's it, man. That's all. That's all the tight ends. I'm, and you know, I'm, I'm either again spending up for Ertz, or I'm gonna spend down for you know the Caden Smiths of the world. Help me now. Yes. Help me now. Caden Smith. Let's do it. Uh, quarterbacks. Anybody we haven't mentioned that you would think of quarterback wise? No. Um. You know, maybe just maybe golf again. Try to be contrarian. Everyone has seen you know the, the poor performances over the past couple of weeks, especially on prime. I'll time, give you so. a contrarian play at quarterback. Derek Carr? No, Joe. Oh, his his last it. name his last name is basically as common as Smith almost, and he plays for the same team because he is Jameis Winston. As I told you guys, Daniel Jones is a worse version of Jameis Winston. This could be a game nobody wants him, where he turns around and throws for three hundred yards and three touchdowns because he's Jameis Winston. I'll let you play him. Yeah, I, I'm not. I was just giving you an option. <laughs> I hope you play him in the three-man. That would make me feel a lot better. 
No, I'm not playing him, period. Chris, just three weeks ago, you were trying to talk me into Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I probably like the matchup a little bit better. I don't know who he's playing at that time. But, um, yeah, I mean, when all his weapons are fully healthy and Barkley's not and Evan Ingram's not around, he's he's off my radar. Barkley's actually asleep I think I liked him against right Detroit. Now. Oh, baby, four touchdowns. Oh, yeah, you're going to go back and look at – no, you liked him against Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't I, know. I'm we have not, to check the tape. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting involved. Um, I think the cheapest I would go is probably Derek Carr, 5-5. Five, five. Um, I know that Dalton's 4-7, but mm, I don't think I can get there. Yeah, it's a Barclay tough week a for these really cheap. And nice and warm. Tough for these cheap tough. quarterbacks this week. Like Normally, I have a guy down there that's like, uh, you can make some sort of, like I guess, uh, argument, at least in fa- I, I don't think there's one of those guys this week. Like Derek Carr all the way down there, I don't know, seems bad. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's talk stacks, and then quickly we'll talk lineup. So, stacks. Stack attack. All right, do we have any this week? Uh, Chris, you doing your... Eagle stack? Is that, is that what you did? <laughs> no, I was. I think I was just stretching. Um, no, I am not doing an eagle stack. Uh, we talked so much about this Jacksonville Tampa game. I'll just leave that for somebody else. Uh, let's go, just ultra contrarian and get right game for Goff and Cooper Cup and Woods. Let's get all. Let's I had get a them feeling you there. were going to say them for some reason. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get them all in. Um, you want to do a little old school Goff to Gurley? You know, back in the day when that guy used to catch five or six balls. I mean, this could be the get right game for the Rams this week. Play them all. Don't hate it. Side Joe? Definitely don't hate it. Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, we've talked enough about this Jacksonville. I guess we might as well. I, I think the this is clearly the play. You play Foles, Conley, DJ Chark. You bring one lineup back with Godwin, and then you play another lineup. You do the same thing. You bring that one back with <laughs> Mike like Evans. It. And then that that's then one of those is definitely dead. The other one, you're going to win everything. So I wish I would have done that all year. <laughs> I kind of like that. Me that's, too. that's an intriguing. I think the only other one I would consider is you keep bringing them up, Chris. I would consider a jet stack. I mean, if you, if you want to go for it, you know, and you could always, to your point of what you talk about, Joe, we know Sam Darnold is going to be popular. We know Robbie Anderson is going to be popular. So you do the Sam Darnold, Lev Bell, Jamison Crowder, and maybe even toss in a Ryan Griffin. I mean, you, you can get pieces of this game and still differentiate enough to kind of to what you were talking about. But I like that one. All right. So let's put our lineups out there. We're not doing Thanksgiving, as you guys could tell. That's why we skipped so much for that. But let's, uh, let's do it. DFS Battle Royale. I don't. Uh, Chris, you had Thanksgiving, so you get to go first. There you go. See, your your Thanksgiving's over, so you oh. you get the first to the plate here. Okay, so let's go with Nick Foles at the quarterback position. Lev Bell, Christian McCaffrey, got Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore, DJ Chark. I'm trying to find as many DJs as I can. Uh, Caden Smith is in there as well. Yeah. I know. Um, and I really, oh, I wanted to, and I probably will try to make this work with Ertz and as it. the flex, but it really just, it. I really have to punt the defense position. Um, so I will just throw in Philip Lindsay right now, talking to you guys as flex, and that, that leaves me with the Steelers defense and a few hundred dollars. I may have to tinker because I do want Ertz in there as a flex. I know two tight ends is really strange, but... Um, well, right now we'll go Lindsay Flex. Every once Steelers in a while team. it'll work. Yeah, it, it works. It worked for me last week on DK. I think it's a better play on to do it on DraftKings. But um, yeah, I said don't do it because usually when you try to force something, it ends up not working. Right, but I do like Ertz a lot. Yeah, I think right, it's more, of, get a, more of a DraftKings thing for yeah. sure. But um, yeah, keep tinkering over there. We'll give you a little <laughs> bit longer. Uh, no, I, I think that. I don't know. So one of the things that I've been trying to focus on in tournaments is doing a main stack, of course, but also like with the rest of my lineup, trying to build in like a little mini stack as well. So uh, correlating two different ways. So I tried to do that this week. So I'm going to go Foles, Fournette, Conley, and Shark. Um, Mm. I just realized that I'm not bringing it back with anyone on Tampa Bay. So maybe I'll have to tinker a little bit as well. Um, But then also going to have Christian McCaffrey, of course, my boy. Um, Miles Sanders at running back. My mini stack is going to be on that Philly side of of that game. So Sanders and Goddard. And then uh, just punting with the Pittsburgh defense. I guess think they're super underpriced. And then Robbie Anderson uh, was kind of my last guy in. But I do think that, um, I mean, it's a a great spot to beat uh, beat someone. So so I think that that's that's one that, like my my wide receivers, this is what I try and do. It's like Conley, Anderson, Shark. Like there's a ton of upside uh, 
ton of upside there. So I think that that's a, it's an interesting tournament spot for for Jacksonville guys. No one coming back. I don't I don't love that, but might tinker a little bit more. And don't listen to Jake. He loves Robbie Anderson. Oh my god! No, so First this place. is why. Yeah, it's worst. This is why Pat Mayo created worst place. It's because it's people like for him, Mark Ingram, which I always told you he was wrong about. But Jared Cook, we both agreed on. Tavon Austin, we both is people like you don't want to or you do want to get involved with. They disappoint, 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 disappoint. You give up, then they hit, they hit again. You get back on board, and then they disappoint again. It's like you can never get it because it's always when you finally give up that they hit, and then when you're back on board, and I'm getting sucked into Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson as people have seen my rankings, and I feel like they're just going to pull the Jared Cook and let us down, and if it happens, they're going to be in worse place, and that's why I went, ugh, and I can't do it. I just, But it could definitely work out. I actually hope for the people that do it does work out because we like seeing you win money, of course. So my lineup, you know where I'm going. Naked Jameis at quarterback, of course. Le'Veon Bell. Miles Sanders. We have a lot of overlaps, different overlaps, which I like. My wide receivers are Woods, Parker, and DJ Moore. Caden Smith at the tight end position. The only guy not smiling in my lineup, and Christian McCaffrey in the flex, and then the Kansas City Chiefs defense. All right. Well, as a reminder for everybody, Joe is at Joel Hoka. Chris is at Chris Media. I'm at All In Kid. We'll be tweeting. If you have any lineup question device in addition to this show, just hit us up on Twitter. We'll try to help you out as much as possible over the holidays. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Again, code PODCAST, 10% off. Check out all the articles, all the advice, and all the greatness. That is our trio of, well, more so these two than me. But we're all great. We all love you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.